was happening world this is here and ben and we're gonna start this off with a movie called trick our treat it's a horror movie in the when was it 2000s i don't know if you guys have seen it but it's absolutely i thought it was a really good horror movie to start off the holiday uh halloween season so kira absolutely i love this movie i think it is so good i know it did not i know it was held up for two years before it could get released and then it had limited theater release but as soon as it went to like dvds and streaming it created a really big cult following um i think that is indicative of how good the movie is um i love a horror comedy and i would say that this would fall under that scope and i also love an anthology movie that and i think that this covered the bases very well we have kind of i would call him our protagonist sam if you have seen either trick or treat or the cover art at least like the um, poster for it you will see the little kid with the burlap kind of like pumpkin head mask and that is sam our protagonist and he is kind of like our guide throughout this halloween night in this little town in ohio and everything kind of he kind of watches over everything and all the stories that we see are kind of all connected i would say through him and through the passings of each other yes 100 percent. and sam has rules okay so there's rules for sam Sam's rules are always wear a costume, always hand out candy, never blow out a jack-o'-lantern before midnight, and respect the dead. And no one does any of this in this movie. I would say the only people who maybe do this in the movie is the Anna Paquin storyline because he doesn't really outwardly kill them. (laughs) Um, He kind of lets them just do their thing. And I think it's because they're in costume and they are werewolves. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I guess that by default. I mean, <laughs> they, they, but he is there. He is there. Yeah, when they eat everybody, he's sitting right there, and they don't bother him. I think he's more like of a, like a watcher of Halloween, like the rules of, the, like, the, the, what would it be? Like, a, I'm trying to think of a word where, like, the, like the, not the patriotic saint, but um, like, like the person that, like, makes sure that Halloween runs the way it's supposed to, if that makes any sense. Yeah, kind of like the enforcer. The enforcer of the holiday. And I think it's funny because he is like a small child. I mean, obviously not. There is some mysticism behind him, um, just like there is on Halloween. I would say the first death is one of my favorites. Um, so we see this couple and they're coming home. And this one guy is very into Halloween. He's like, don't blow out the jack-o'-lantern. And his girlfriend or wife or whatever is not very much into Halloween. So she does. And we see her get brutally murdered and then put up as a decoration at her own house um, by Sam, which I thought was really cool. I thought it was really fun. Um, again, this movie surprisingly has a huge cast. Um, the two biggest names that I wasn't expecting um, in my rewatch, because, like, you know, you watch things and you forget about it, and then you rewatch and you're like, oh, my God, was Anna Paquin and Brian Cox being in this movie? I was like, these are some big names for this little low-budget horror movie. Yeah, I was kind of shocked when I saw them. I was like, oh, okay, because, like, Trick or Treat does, did, to me, wasn't like really like blown up. Like people weren't like, "Oh my God, there's a movie coming out!" Like, I saw it like on Amazon. Like I was like, "Oh okay." So it was like for me seeing these big names in it, I was like, "Oh, this is actually a movie that had a lot of people in it," and I'm surprised that it didn't have the, you know, like the big production that it it should have got. But it was really good. I mean, the the storylines are good, and it's like multiple stories going on at once. Like it's not just like you know one story. There's like you know there's the principal and he's killing people and then there's the pack of wolves and then there's um, the, the school bus and there's this all this stuff going on and you're like you know like jumping from scene to scene but it doesn't it goes very smoothly 
It does. And what I found was so interesting was how Sam was very in tuned with the intentions of the people. We kind of talk about this already with the um, Anna Paquin werewolf storyline, which I, to me, of course, I love female-led horror, is one of my favorite ones. I would say that one and the school bus one um, with the kids in the little, like, valley, river, park, I don't, what, quarry, thank you, thank you, thank you. I was like, what am I, why can't I think of this word? I thought they those were the best ones um, because you can really see that he does he does abide by the rules. Like I love I love a fucked up sense of justice, and I would say that Sam has that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like he 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 doesn't like when he's in the house with the, the the man that you later learn is the bus driver. Yeah, Brian Cox. You learn that like he doesn't kill him. Like he he messes with them, and like Brian Cox knows that there's some supernatural element to him when he blows him like it blows his hand off with a shotgun. And the, hand, the hand still tries. Yeah, still tries to kill him, so he's like, oh my god. But he just, like, he takes up his lollipop that he usually cuts people's throats with, and he hits a, like, Mons, Mons Bar or Milky Way, and he eats it, and he walks out the building. So this guy is like, oh, shit. You know, he so he starts thinking, you know, I gotta stop passing out candy, and it kind of plays back on him. It does, and what I like, what I like the best about how his storyline ended was that Sam was like, okay, you're going to meet your end, but it's not going to be by my hand. It's going to be by the hand of these eight children that you killed for no reason, which to me was also an insane storyline. I was like, I okay, so for those who haven't seen the movie, um, obviously this is an, an anthology storyline, an anthology series. So there's one story that bleeds into two different stories, right? And it is the massacre of this children's school bus so there is a school bus and it has eight children on it and all these children have disabilities and brian cox is the bus driver and the parents of these eight children come up with this horrifying disgusting plan that they are going to bribe the bus driver to drive the bus into the quarry and kill their children because they cannot handle the pressures of raising a child with disabilities which is to me so insane and disgusting and guess what? He does it. So we see the ghosts of these eight children come into two storylines. We see it when the high school kids are lighting the lanterns at the quarry, kind of like, oh, or is it real? Are there ghosts here? What's happening? Kind of being like kids, not really understanding. And then we see it when Sam actually brings the ghosts of those eight children to Brian Cox's house. And in my head, it ends with them killing him. Oh, 100%. And like, I thought the thought, like, that the girl that they brought to the quarry was special needs and they were picking on her. And I thought that, you know, when the, the ghosts come and she's in that elevator and she doesn't open the, the elevator to let them basically kill the, 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 the kids that were picking on her, like supposedly being her friends, but like we're actually just trying to taunt her. Um, I thought that was like a, a comeuppance, like kind of for the, the ghosts, the, like the people that picked on them. This was their way of getting retribution on these children that were picking on this one girl with special needs. If that makes any sense. Oh, it absolutely does. And within that, you see kind of the descent. So with any with any pack or like group of people, right? This is psychology. There's always going to be the leader and the right hand, and then the followers. Now the followers will are there, but they don't, and they believe the message and they believe like the the pack mentality. But you will also see that there those are the first ones to disintegrate, right? Those are the first ones to become wary. And we see that with uh, what's his name. I forget Schrader, Schrader in the movie, the like kid that's also in Baby Daddy on AMC, ABC Family. I don't know if you guys know who I'm talking about, but we see his disintegration the most when he's kind of like 
what the fuck is going on? Like, this is not right. Like, and you kind of see that his like struggle, not like struggle, but you kind of see him start to question it. Like, are these people like what I want to do? Like, are these people correct? Like, is this what I want? And you kind of see that with him. Him, obviously, he still dies. Everyone dies. Everyone dies. <laughs> uh, but no, like, yeah, I see it. Like, you know, uh, speaking of pack mentality, they have a pack in it. The werewolves. The werewolves. So there's a group of females um, that are a pack of werewolves. And they lure unsuspecting what? Men to their dooms. And one of the people that gets lured to their dooms is a man that dresses up like a vampire and actually bites and sucks the blood out of women. But it's actually not real teeth. It's actually the principal who earlier on in the movie, if you watch, kills this kid that was stealing candy and buries him in his backyard. And while he's burying him in his backyard, the bus driver happens to be his neighbor who screams through the fence that, you know, he wants him to stop doing whatever he's doing. So, like, it all intertwines into this. But um, it's kind of funny because the, the principal kind of likes the fact that these people are helpless, to say. He likes to prey on the weak. But when he becomes the prey, he does not like it. He does not like it. Oh my God. When men are not, when men have their power taken away, they act like little bitches. Okay. I love the Anna Paquin werewolf storyline. So we're going to talk about this one. Heavy. So let's get into it. Some things I love, some of the symbolism I love. Anna Paquin, trying to find out her Halloween costume, dresses up as Little Red Riding Hood. Who eats, who tries to kill Little Red Riding Hood? The big bad wolf. I think that was so funny, so cute, so silly. And two, I think it talks about like, Obviously, in Halloween, like, it is a lot of jokes, and people like to joke a lot, like, oh, it's such, like, a slutty holiday. You can dress super sexy. You can do, like, whatever you want. Women are sluts, and they want to show off their body, and da-da-da-da, whatever. Whatever man-hating rhetoric comes out around Halloween, like, I am so sick of it. But women should be able to wear whatever costume you want. And as Mean Girl says, holiday is the one time a year a girl can dress up like a total slut, and no other girls can say anything about it. So her and all her friends, gorgeous, beautiful, young, getting dressed up. And then as they're walking, you kind of see like how men are talking to them. Anna Paquin decides that she doesn't want to have a man with her. So she kind of gets like catcalled. She kind of gets stalked. And it's like, oh, she's all alone in this sexy costume. She's so weak. What's going to happen? She's going to get hurt. And then we see, obviously, the principal vampire um, who comes to stalk her and kill her. But in a reverse of power she transforms into a werewolf and i honestly thought that part was so cool because then you see like this like pack mentality of how these women come together because their only goal that night was to kill and eat men so every girl that had a date is killing and eating their date and anna packman was like since this was her first time this was her first ritual this was her first um experience in this you can tell she's a little nervous a little timid but kills a killer which i think is amazing yeah, the funny part is uh, when he first sees her, he goes, oh, what big eyes you have. And when he's helpless and laying there with his legs broken, she's, she sits on top of him and looks down. And he's, like, looking at her in total terror because, like, she's transforming into this werewolf. And she's like, what big eyes you have. And I thought that was great. I was like, ah, ha, ha, in your face, pal. Oh, I, I love it because I thought his character, the like the, like, quiet, creepy teacher cemented in society as, like, a person of respect and authority who's actually like a killer. Like, I think that is like a trope that's like played out a lot. But, and I do like that he'd never killed his son. Do you think he killed all these other kids because he wanted to kill his son, but obviously like could not? Yes, 100%. Like the part when he has the knife in his hand in the cellar and he slams it into the pumpkin, you could tell like it was more anger 
Like, cause his son, I mean, his son's a kid. He's like, you know, whiny. He's like, daddy, daddy. And like, you know, I mean, it's a kid. I mean, kids, kids can be annoying. Kids can be aggravating, but that's what kids are. Cause they're learning. They're just, you know, they're just learning life. And like, so they do stuff. My, my kid was annoying at times. I loved her to death. My grandchildren are annoying at times, but I love them to death. But you know, I mean, I'm annoying at times. Hopefully my wife loves me to death. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's just, it's just life. I mean, you know, you, you, you're not always going to have, like, sunshines and rainbows with people. I mean, there's going to be, like, times when you're frustrated with people. I mean, work retail, you'll find out what I'm talking about. Absolutely, but we don't go around killing them. There's the difference. So, back to the Anna Paquin story. I think hers was really cool, really fun. And one thing I like about this story is I love a story that's told out of time, Right. So we start the we start the movie with all these different killings, all these different stories. And then at the end, it's kind of like we focus back on Sam. And but then we're able to see how he's seeing how all these people are interacting, right? Like you see Brian Cox in the house, you see the group of girls driving by in the car, you see the couple that gets killed in the middle coming home in the beginning coming home. You see the serial killer dad and his son like passing out candy. Like you see all these people and how he kind of is observing and kind of like watching all of them. And I, I like that. I like a story told out of time. So I thought that that was really cool because it didn't it didn't have that feel in the beginning. So I did like that at the end. It's like he is the enforcer. He is the all seeing. He is the saint of Halloween and his will will be done. Yeah. So the girl that dies at the beginning, wasn't she the one when the lady opens the door and she passed out the candy, and she's, there's a person having sex in the background. Wasn't that her? Like, yes, yes. Yes, but in Sam's, in Sam's rules, there's no rule against having sex. So she, she's safe. She's safe because she had sex, which is different because women who have sex in horror movies are typically never safe because I guess if you're not pure and young and untouched or dressed like a slut, you deserve to die, which is an insane thought process. Yeah, no, I was just, because, like, I was just saying, like, how they all intertwine. Like, yeah, because you don't know why she dies. Like, you know, she blows out the lantern. Yeah, and that's why she dies, because that's part of his rules. You know, don't blow out the lantern before 12 o'clock. But it's kind of funny, because, like, you see her, like, in later on in the movie, like, you see where they intertwine with the other characters at the party when she opens the door and she's in the background having sex. And the, the little kid sees it and says, oh, oh, well, there's teacher, blah, blah, blah. And, oh, I could have done without seeing that, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and it, it is a very good, fun movie. I believe it's a tight 90. To me, it felt like a tight 90. Um, if it was slightly over, my bad. But it's really good. And it's a really good, I think, like, party movie. So, like, Halloween parties are about upon us now. Um, I hope everyone has having really cool costumes. I'd love to hear it. I am actually going to New Orleans for Halloween and me and my friend, we are going as Velma and Daphne. So it's going to be very fun. Um, we're very excited. Both our costumes are sexy. So we're going to be the sexy ones. Um, but it'll be really great. It'll be really fun. And I love, I don't know why I brought this up. I just want to talk about Halloween in my costume because I ordered it yesterday. Um, but it's like really fun and exciting. This Oh, this is a good party movie because you can have this on in the background and there are some good scares and there's some good kills, but it's not something that you have to pay attention to. This was my point. Yeah, 100%. It's one of those movies where, like, you, you should watch it, um, but it's one of those movies, like, once you watch it, if you have a party and you put it on, the people are going to watch it. They're going to sit down and go, oh, what's going on with this? Because Sam's character is great. Like, this is, it, he's wearing pajamas. He's got a burlap sack on until they take it off. And then when they take it off, it's like, like he's like a pumpkin. He's like a deformed pumpkin with fangs. 
So like he's actually creepy looking uh, when his when his mask comes off. But yeah, and all in all, like I said, he's like the enforcer of Halloween, and he in, like throughout the movie you see the, like the interactions with all these characters and how they all come together. And um, they all live in a tight knit neighborhood. It's all like right there. Like the girl that is at the quarry, she's pulling a cart, and the girls that are the werewolves almost hit her uh, in front of the girl that blows out the the jack o' lantern in front of the guy that's the bus driver in front of the boy that's the son of the principal so like you know it's it's it all comes together it does and it and it's done in a really fun way and um the kills are really good i am here for a good kill like if i'm gonna watch a movie like this i'm gonna watch it for the kills um there is there is a storyline and i will say there is a plot and i will say that it is more inclusive of a plot than we see typically in horror movies like i love to see the vengeance of these eight children that died um because to me, it's such an insane storyline to have. Like, what? Like, you're going to just... I don't know. And I know that... I, I don't know. I don't... Like I said many a time, I don't have a child, nor do I have a child with disabilities. Um, but I can't imagine my love... Like, the stress of that being so great that my love for my child would be like, yeah, kill him. Fuck it. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, and the, the messed up part of this is he changed them to the bus seats. And he checks the chains, and when he's checking the chains, he throws candy into their baskets. Like so, like it's like like you're treating them the fact that they're gonna die. And then one of the kids does get out of the, the the things, and he wants to go home. He knows he he knows that the guy took the wrong bus route. He's like, nope, wrong way, wrong way, because he knows his, he, he's he's autistic, so he knows his way home. He knows that the guy went the wrong way, so he ends up killing them. He gets he gets out of his thing, runs over, and he drives the bus off the, the quarry. And the bus driver gets out, and when he gets out, you see the mask that they're wearing for Halloween float up to the top, and they're, you know, indicating that the kids can't get out, and they all died. So it's kind of ironic that he ends up passing out candy, and I think one of the reasons he wasn't passing out candy is because of the fact that he did that on the bus. But then when he is start, when he does stop passing out candy, the ghosts come and like they all like look at him and like yeah, you know they killed him. And to me, that was one of the sweetest moments of the movie is when they kill him. But. Yes, and I mean, like, you can see that, obviously, like, he does have some guilt from what he's done, but guess what? You still did it. You still took that bribe. You still killed those eight kids. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, you deserve what you have coming to you. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. That's how I feel about things. Um, but the movie's really fun. Um, the, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a silly, goofy time. Is this going to be, like, are you going to learn a lot about yourself? from this movie no but you're gonna have a laugh with your friends you're gonna see some cool deaths yeah 100 percent. you got to go into this movie thinking like all right it's just a slasher film i mean it's like there's, there's death is slasher is there points behind each slashing yes 100 percent. but i think that was also because it came from these directors that like we directed like superman 2 and um they were they're more plot oriented directors uh, than normal uh horror movie directors were just like Kill, slash, all the blood. You want all the gore. You want all the murder. You want blood, 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 blood. 52 killings, 65 killings. You know, these guys aren't like that. They, they are more plot-oriented, and you can see that in this movie where there is a plot, and the killings are good. And like like I said, Sam, I, I, I wish they would come out with another movie with him. I really liked his character. I agree. And I do think sometimes, like, Sam is a cult, a cult killer, but I feel like he could be in the same vein as, like, a Michael or a Freddy or a Jason or, like, within these talks of, like, these great Halloween killers, because I, I do believe he is one of those. I don't know. Thinking of thinking of violent movies um, with deaths and minimal plot, some of my favorite horror movies, it's a, it's a duo, and I hope that the third is coming, but 
Have you ever seen uh, Damien Leon's uh, Terrifier series? No, but now I kind of want to. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent about Terrifier because I want to talk about great kills versus plot lines. <laughs> so, oh, and a cult film. So the original Terrifier was not did not have a theatrical release, similar to the limited release of Trick or Treat. Um, once it became on DVDs and streaming, it did get a higher cult following, so much so that Damien Leon was able to make the sequel, Terrifier 2, which did have a full release and was longer. I don't know. It's great. For those who are familiar with Terrifier, you know everything I'm about to say. Um, for those of you who are not, please watch this movie, but do not watch it if you have a weak constitution or cannot handle gore. That is the only thing I will say. It is incredibly violent incredibly gory incredibly graphic but it is done in such a silly goofy way that it is so fun Rewatching trick or treat made me want to rewatch terrifier for these same reasons i was like oh i want to watch like some good kills i want to see some good death and i love a low not like low budget obviously these movies have good fine budgets but not like these multi-million dollar budgets that we see now but these like low budget horrors because i think with that like you see true vision and you don't get so many studio notes and i hate studio notes <laughs> Oh, so is it kind of like, you know, like, like Reanimator? Reanimator didn't get a lot of, like, like money, didn't get a lot of hype. But, like, if you watch Reanimator, it's actually a good movie. Yeah, and I would even consider, like, it's not a good movie, but, like, The Room. You see these, like, low-budget movies that have, like, these cult followings. You could even look at, like, Repo the Genetic Opera. Like, you have all these, like, low-budget low kind of, like, B-films that are making it into these cult statuses because they are so good. Because with these films you don't have studio notes. So you don't have producers and studio heads and execs being like, well, we have to appeal to everybody. So we have to cut this and we have to cut this and we have to do that. What you have is you have a pure story from and a pure vision from the writers and the directors. So they are doing what they want. And I think that's when films thrive. And then I think when studios see that, they just look at money. I mean, yes, the WGA is not striking anymore, but SAG is still striking. And we always will stand with writers and actors and directors and we want people to get paid for what they're worth and we celebrate the stories of these indie films i mean i do i marvel disney warner brother bullshit like yeah sometimes you will come out with great films barbie was a great film oppenheimer was a great film all big budget films but it is the smaller films where you will find more heart and more dedication to the story yeah i i think so too like i've i like a lot of the b movies like i like sharknado i liked uh the toxic avenger i liked uh attack of the killer tomatoes like there's a bunch of these b movies that you look at like and you, you'd pass them by but if you actually watch them they're funny and they're entertaining and like like if you get a chance toxic avenger is so stupid but it's hysterical i love the toxic avenger and did you see they're remaking it oh come on really come on don't, don't do that okay yes 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 ben i am with you hundo p hundo p i am with you hate remakes we should keep original stories but you have to look at the photos because Elijah Wood in this movie looks unreal. It's going to be so batshit. It's going to be so awesome. Okay, I'm going to give it a try. I will. I'm going to give it a try. But like like we were just talking earlier about The Exorcist, like I was looking forward to this remake because it looked like, well, it actually was an extension, but it looked good. And then you saw it and you're like, it was trash. And I'm like, oh, come on. Because like, I don't know, they just, they do like, they do these things and you just stare at it and go, why would you do that? You just ruin this movie. Like, I don't know. I'm hoping. I'm hoping because I love the Toxic Avenger. I hope they do a really good job with this because the Toxic Avenger was so funny, and it would be great to see a good remake of it. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, yes, if you guys have listened to our episode about The Wicker Man, I have talked about um, seeing Exorcist Believer. I do not recommend it. Just watch the original Exorcist. I w- had such high hopes. I'm going to go on another little tangent, you guys. Um, I had such high hopes for it because, one, we got two girls. We're possessing two girls. Amazing. I love the stakes on it. So stupid. It was so bad. It was not brutal. It was slow. The pacing was completely all over the place and even some of like the logic and like the writing made no sense like there's a whole point like where they're talking about how um they need to incorporate every god and every religion to defeat this um demon the demon isn't even zuzu so what are we talking about it's a different demon altogether um and we're talking about how we have to have all these different religions and all these different people present to combat this evil because christianity alone can't but then we see that, like, it can't be completed without Christianity. So it's like, okay, we need everybody, but Christianity is the end-all, be-all. Insane logic. Do not agree with that, literally, at all. Like I said, brutality, not there. Storyline, not there. The throwing in of Ellen Bernstein and Linda Blair was so bizarre to me because they could have made it so much richer. Like, it, it, it was like that they wanted to write the story and had no idea how to do it. Like, they did have some very cool, like, visual, like, visuals. Like, and the one thing I'm thinking of is at the end, obvious spoilies, where the two girls are tied together, um, like, tied back to back on the chairs. We see one of the girls start rising up and, like, all this, like, blood, like, black blood is, like, coming out of her mouth. But instead of falling to the ground, it's, like, falling up. And it's, like, suspended in the air with her. Very pretty. Am I going to watch this movie for one beautiful scene? No. I can watch other better things. Yeah, I just watched, what was it, The Pope's Exorcist? Uh, it was all right. I mean, it was it was decent. If you get a chance to watch it, I'd watch it. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't like something I'm like blown away by. But it was all in all, it was it was pretty decent. Yeah. Um. I haven't seen that, but I did see it was on Netflix, and I do like Russell Crowe sometimes, so I would want to watch it. Yeah. Exorcist movies super hard to do, but if you're into it, watch just watch the original. The original is really good. It's really worth it. Yeah. I would say watch the original, and then maybe the Exorcism of Emily Rose. I did that like that one, or the last Exorcism. I don't know. There are some good ones. There are some good ones. Um, don't don't waste your money on Exorcist Believer, though. And it sucks because Leslie Odom Jr., they could have given him so much more. And the plot twist. Ugh. OK, I'm not going to I'm not going to talk about this movie anymore. We're going to get back to trick or treat because I could just rant about how bad the Exorcist is. Believer, the original Exorcist is very good. So back to trick or treat. Please watch it. It's a fun time. Who doesn't want to laugh and be scared at the same time? It's like two polar opposite emotions. But I think when they come together, it's really good. Like another really good horror comedy that I love, the Evil Dead series. I do consider Evil Dead 2 to be one of the first horror comedies. If anyone would like to fight me on that, please write in on the comments. I love to debate. But like you can do horror comedies in a really fun, real way. And I think that this movie very much falls in line with that. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. It reminded me of like House, Evil Dead. It was definitely that type of um, genre. And I liked it a lot. And uh, if you had a chance to watch it, please do. Like um, like she was saying, it's. It's fun. It's very fun. Um, oh, my God. Are you talking about House from 1973, the Chinese film? No, I'm talking about House where the guy, like, owns the house and, like, his friend's from Vietnam, and he keeps on pulling them through the closet. Have you seen it? No, not the one with the little girls. No, this is the one with the guy that is, like, he owns a house, and it's, it's his friend is died in Vietnam, and he comes back and haunts him. 
Okay, we might do a double house episode about two different movies called House that are set in Halloween-y spooky times, which will be fun, which will be fun. I do like that. Um, there's a lot of great films out there. Obviously, we can't cover and watch them all. If you guys have any suggestions, recommendations, things you'd like us to hear about, um, hear us talk about, we're here for you. Like, write in, talk to us, chat with us. We love, I love horror movies. This is my genre. This is my bread and butter. This is my forte. So um, anything that you guys want to cover, let me know. All right. Uh, I've got nothing on this, so we'll catch you next time on What's Happening. <laughs>